G'day everyone and welcome to a massive round one preview show of Tuesday Night Live. So much to do, so much to talk about. We've got Rolly O'Brien talking with us tonight, we've got giveaways, we've got preview of the big match and uh, I can't really be bothered talking about it anymore. Let's just get straight into it, shall we? Well, well, well. <laughs> How are we going, everyone? Uh, okay, great everyone, to have you all. Welcome to a special interview we've got this morning. What's with going on Rose, there? Uh, number one ruckman and uh, favourite around the world, Riley O'Brien. How are you going, Riley? Yeah, good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, Riley's just starting to interrupt uh, us. You told me before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter, it wouldn't be a Tuesday Night Live without a little glitch, would it? It's me. <laughs> How'd you be, mate? All right? Yeah, really well, thanks. Yourself? Oh, not too bad, except I'm in isolation again. Uh, just oh. another family member has COVID, my younger son. Uh, he's dodged two, and uh, he's now... <laughs> he's now... Um, yeah. So uh, another well, week for me in lockdown. Uh, loving life. Hopefully it doesn't come your way. Well... I'm nine weeks from when I had it, basically. So uh, I'm not sure where that puts me. I think it puts me in reasonable shape. Uh, eight weeks and I wouldn't have even had to have ISO'd, but uh, nevertheless. Um, well, but, uh, yeah, not too sure where that leads me. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We, uh, we soldier on. <laughs> and uh, your family are right, are they? Yeah, everyone uh, very, very well, and um, I was very fortunate on the weekend to get up to the top end and spend a beautiful long weekend up in Darwin, and one of my favourite spots, so I uh, feel very, very uh, refresh, refreshed, um, other than uh, about a dozen midgy bites, but other than that, that's just being in the tropics, and yep. um, nah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful up there, and very uh, happy to be back, and, and uh, just about ready to kick off the season, it's unbelievable that it's got around so quick. Yeah, and look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and on YouTube. Um, of course, we stream live to both platforms. If you want to get on the chat tonight and have your say, um, get on the live studio and Discord um, or get on the chat on YouTube. Um, plenty to, to plenty there, ready to have a say, Peter. Also, um, a couple of things to announce. First of all, uh, Razor has set up a tipping competition for uh, the Crowcast, uh, the links are in the new, what did I call that, uh, Fantasy and Tipping channel in Discord, um, and I'll also drop them in the description on YouTube. Um, 1990 was good enough to set up a fantasy league for us on AFL, uh, AFL Fantasy, That's, the details are also in that channel. But the big one, Pete, the big one is 
This year on Tuesday Night Live, every home match, we're giving away two general admission tickets. That's pretty bloody good. Pretty bloody good. Two general admission tickets. Um, so the way we're setting it up, uh, again, you need to be on Discord to participate in this. But uh, just above the li- or just below the live show chat, you'll see a channel called Ticket Giveaway. If you go into the ticket giveaway and put a tada emoji against that uh, little card, at the moment no one's entered. No one's entered, right? Jeez. You just need to- no one's entered, and I can't go because I'm in bloody lockdown. So someone's going to have to take these two GA tickets. Um, so get into the ticket giveaway channel. Um, Put an emoji next to the card. You'll already see one there. Um, so just follow your nose on that one. And uh, we've got it set up tonight that it's just going to be a random winner. So you've got to be. You've got to put a, an emoji emoji in that uh, next to that um, card in the channel there in ticket giveaway. And um, once you've done that, you're in the draw. So and that's going to happen in various forms every home match this year, mate. We've got uh, two doubles to give away every home match this year. Uh, first that's time we've done that on the Crows, so uh, on the yeah. Crowcast, so really happy about it. No, that's a ripper. Good stuff. And I have to say thank you to someone for that, but uh, I'm not allowed to say who. So. <laughs> so thank you to that person. Um, and apologies on YouTube. I think my video is a little bit out. Um, my webcam, for some reason, is... Uh, it's lagging tonight, which is really driving me crazy. So, um, yeah, apologies for that. Anyway, without further ado, Pete, I think what we should do first up is get into the Riley O'Brien interview. I spoke with Riley on Monday morning, um, and uh, he was good enough to give us 15 or 20 minutes of his time, which was really um, good of him to do. And so I think without any further ado, why don't we just have a listen to Riley O'Brien, shall we? Sounds good, mate. Uh, g'day everyone and welcome to a special interview we've got this morning with Crows uh, number one ruckman and uh, favourite around the club, Riley O'Brien. How are you going, Riley? Yeah, good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, lovely to have you, mate. And uh, you told me beforehand that uh, bright and early up for another training run. What's on this morning at the club? Yeah, we're back into it this week. We've had a few days off for the, uh, a long weekend, sort of three days coming into the season and now back into the in-season schedule, getting ready for round one today. So we've got a little training session today, a bit of gym and get back into it. So um, start preparing for a really big week. Yeah. Do you have any um, set schedule about scouting the opposition or do you run through tapes or is that just sort of something that's left to yourself like you'll be going up you know, against uh, your opposing Ruckman? Do you sort of watch the tapes and all that sort of stuff this week? Yeah, the week's pretty structured around that. We um, start normally early in the week. We obviously be reviewing our game from the weekend. So Monday, Tuesday, we'd be having a lot of meetings, reviewing the game just gone. And then from Wednesday's our sort of main training day and um, we'd have a meeting in the morning uh, as a team, looking forward to that. And then being able to, we'd be able to train that that day. And then 
uh, do a lot more on the Friday in our lines and a bit more specific. And in that time, we'll do a lot of individuals. So I'm just going to um, interrupt there because apparently YouTube's not hearing that. So I'm going to do this a different way. Just bear with me a second. Pete, you can keep talking if you like. <laughs> uh, here we go. Just a bit of uh, thank you music. Um, it was good news to hear today that um, Jordan Dawson looks like he's been um, working with the main group and, and hopefully he's beat that, that calf injury. That's really probably the most critical bit of news that came out of, um, of, okay, of this everyone week. And welcome to a special interview. With- yeah. Um, I agree because talking with uh, Riley, um, it didn't actually sound too good um, for Riley, uh, uh, for Geordie. Um, it sounded a bit touch and go. But uh, anyway, I'll do it this way. So uh, let's just uh, see if this one works. Uh, g'day everyone and welcome to a special interview we've got this morning with Crow's uh, number one ruckman and uh, favourite around the club, Riley O'Brien. How are you going, Riley? Yeah, good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, lovely to have you, mate. And uh, you told me beforehand that uh, bright and early up for another training run. What's on this morning at the club? Yeah, we're back into it this week. We've had a few days off for uh, a long weekend, sort of three days coming into the season and now back into the in-season schedule, getting ready for round one today. So we've got a little training session today, a bit of gym and get back into it. So... Um, start preparing for a really big week. Yeah. Do you have any um, set schedule about scouting the opposition or do you run through tapes or is that just sort of something that's left to yourself like you'll be going up, you know, against uh, your opposing Ruckman? Do you sort of watch the tapes and all that sort of stuff this week? Yeah, the week's pretty structured around that. We um, start normally early in the week. We obviously be reviewing our game from the weekend. So Monday, Tuesday, we'd be having a lot of meetings reviewing the game just gone and then from Wednesday is our sort of main training day and um, we'd have a meeting in the morning uh, as a team looking forward to that and then being able to we'd be able to train that that day and then uh, do a lot more on the Friday in our lines and a bit more specific and in that time we'll do a lot of individual stuff so yeah I'll do a lot with my opposing ruckman with Doc Clark the ruck coach and watch a lot of a lot of clips and it's established a pretty clear plan going in and um, yeah we do we do, do do a fair bit of oppo analysis and yeah that, that uh, throughout the week but yeah it's pretty important going into a game so who do you expect who do you expect to come up against this week against Frio just just quietly because obviously you know they've had a changing of the guard with their ruck situation yeah I'm sure Darcy will be in there so he's um, Pretty handy player, so it'd be a good challenge first up and looking forward to um, to that. Uh, he was obviously in the All-Australian squad last year, so he's yep. uh, he's had a really good year and uh, it's yeah, it's great to come up against the best straight away and really put um, into practice what I've been training and working on all pre-season, so yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I bet. Now, we've had a bit of a, a injury, or not an injury interrupted, but a COVID-interrupted pre-season. We struggled to uh, get blokes on the park for... Uh, some of the community series and certainly some of the SANFL uh, trial games. How's the club shaping up in terms of personnel uh, leading up to round one? Yeah, it was obviously uh, a bit of an annoyance to have uh, a few guys go down before those games, but um, it could 
yeah, a bit of a silver lining coming into the season because I guess guys might be going down in season. So we're sort of safe um, from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, in terms of coming into round one, we're not far off full strength. Obviously, Rory Laird going down with his hand with a, with a bit of a, a blow. Yeah. Um, Geordie Dawson's right around the mark with his car, so he's back in the main group, and um, hopefully he's good to go Sunday because he'll be a huge boost. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then obviously we're pretty much full strength apart from, yeah, missing Paul Season, um, Steele, and missing Tex for the first few games. So uh, that'll be missed, but we've got plenty of blokes um, that are training really well and coming up, and um, we'll fill their spots. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you started on the, uh, when you made your debut in 2016, so you've seen um, uh, some highs and lows with the club, but it certainly must be an exciting time um, at the moment going through the, you know, the quote-unquote rebuild and seeing so many new faces come through the club. Has it been something that you've been able to take a leadership role in as you develop a new midfield group? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I came into the club to a pretty established um, group and team um, I got there in the yeah, end of 2014 and the team didn't really change much for the next four or five years and um, you know, like an old guard sort of there and uh, it, was, I mean, it was a great group and had a lot of success um, but yeah, from I guess 2020 onwards it's been a bit of a reset and um, it's been really exciting to be a part of that and sort of starting from scratch with a, with, I guess with a new, completely new group and see the growth in a lot of young guys is super exciting and uh, I think we're starting to build something really special um, albeit it does take a little bit of time but I think we'll take huge strides this year and um, yeah, it's been awesome to I guess in my stage of my career getting a little bit uh, more experienced um, being able to I guess help younger guys and, and take more of a leadership role and um, really drive the culture and the behaviours and standards and ultimately a winning culture that we want to establish here yeah, yeah, and just just on your your, your start to your career, uh, there was a period of time there where uh, Source Jacobs, I swear he would have come out on crutches or a wheelchair or you know something like that. He, he tended to play with a lot. Did that used to frustrate you a little bit, like knowing that you were fit and ready to go, and and Source was kind of labouring at times? Did you ever feel like you know maybe maybe putting a banana peel in front of him or something just to get a run? Yeah. Yeah, we did have the. I remember when I was playing with two. Yeah, he did have the the record for the most consecutive games in the league, or something about 100 and, 100 and something. And it was, it was um, getting ridiculous. He's so durable and um, able to just bounce back every week and play really good footy. So, yeah, it certainly got frustrating at times. Um, but it's the nature of the position. The ruck was only one spot, and yeah, um, I was trying to bang the door down as much as I could, but it wasn't much I could do. And then Pikey was, yeah, he, he was a, I mean, a great coach and. I loved him, but he was he was very, I guess, conservative in his selection as well. So he sort of stuck with what he knew, and that that obviously achieved great things. So yeah, um, it was a frustrating period for a few years there, but um, I think it in the long run made me um, hungry and maybe a better player. Yeah, good things come to those who wait, mate. Um, and Source is back around the club now. Do you you mentioned Doc Clark earlier as your main ruck coach? Does Source have any input at all into your rucking or your general play? Uh, no, not at the moment. He's yeah, he's all upstairs um, with the communities and community team. Um, so I don't really see him much around the club, um, especially with all the COVID restrictions. So yeah, uh, maybe I'll have to get him down at some stage to give me give me some uh, advice. But no, nah, probably Doc, sick Doc, of Doc at the him. moment. 
No, no, yeah. Um, so my team around and getting down for a session, you've docked away. Yeah. So you mentioned, of course, um, a changing of the guard, a new group and all the rest of it. What have you noticed has been the main differences in the coaching styles between Don and uh, Matty Nix? Um, good question. Um, Nix, he's very, he's very people-focused, very, um, yeah, very people and culture-focused, I suppose, um, and that's been uh, great for our group. Um, so it's been a really good vibe here, and um, we talk about prioritising others and looking after each other and, and the footy sort of flowing off that, and it's been it's a really enjoyable place to come in. Um, I mean, it was, it was the same um, with Pike. He wasn't as much emphasis on it, but he was probably more... Um, probably a bit more technical in his coaching um, and the way we played, but yeah, I mean, both. The, but he was a great. I, I found him a really, really good coach, and um, slightly different styles in that in that if, uh, regard. Yeah, it, it, it feels from the outside like the club has um, placed a huge significance on uh, culture, uh, culture shift. We've got Daniel Jackson in there. Well, I'm sure you've had some dealings with and uh, every player that I've spoken to over the last 12 months has spoken about you know the great culture and uh, certainly working for, for your mates and for your teammates etc uh, do you think that's probably been the biggest change in the club from a playing point of view um, you know from the recent personnel changes yeah definitely there's been a huge emphasis on that and Dan Jackson's been awesome um, for the club and I've, I get along with him really well and he's um, helped me a lot personally but as a group here yeah, he, he just drives uh, along with Nixie and the rest of the coaching staff yeah really people focus culture and a place where you really want to be and you love um, building trust and connection between the players and that ultimately um, will play out in the field in years to come um, build that really strong culture first and then you can uh, on top of that obviously working on the football side of things but Without that culture, it's hard to um, become a really great team and um, really gel and ha- have a successful, I guess, long-term approach. You look at Richmond, you look at other teams that have... I mean, the basis of their success has been a really strong culture and a really uh, strong connection between the playing group and the coaches. It, it seems that way, doesn't it? Uh, we saw Melbourne last year uh, come through and, and, you know, again, looking from the outside, their culture... Seems really tight, and uh, you know they've been able to rebuild that culture after years in the doldrums. And you know, I guess it's it's a it's a key plank these days, isn't it? And I guess from that perspective, uh, the leadership group is it function the same as it has in the past, or is there more sort of uh, communication amongst the various levels of players, if you like, between the senior players and the juniors or the ones coming through? Yeah, definitely. We're sort of. I mean, I think a lot of clubs, have, including us, have moved away from just a you know hierarchical system where it's sort of coaches and leaders at the top telling everyone else what to do. It's sort of more involved with um, everyone, everyone getting input. So we'll have leadership group meetings, and every time we'll have a you know a few different players come in every week and and you know give their thoughts on different issues and different things around the club. Um, and yeah, it's a really uh, player-driven, um, inclusive approach, and everyone sort of committed uh, and buying in rather than just the guys at the top telling you what to do and yeah. telling you how to behave. It's when everyone buys in and um, is responsible and driving the culture, that's when you get the um, the good results and the, and the really strong um, 
yeah, the really strong culture from top to bottom. Yeah. We um, interviewed Ned and um, Harry Schomburg last year, and um, both of those lads, and, and also Jackson, uh, were saying how they wanted to make an immediate impact on the club and, um, you know, drive the change. Have you found that the young blokes coming in, I mean, I'm sure Ned never shuts up, but have you found the the young blokes coming in have really, um, you know, put themselves forward rather than just sitting in the corner of the change rooms? Yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, been a huge shift I've noticed in my time in, in footy. I think the young guys, I think culturally young people coming through now are a lot more confident and, um, I guess, willing to speak up, whereas back in probably 10 years ago it was more um, guys at the top sort of were the ones speaking and yeah. had to say and um, I guess you're expected as a, as a young guy to, you know, bite your tongue and, and uh, not contribute. But now it's sort of, we really encourage those guys to come in, you know, be on the front foot, give us their views, yeah. um, give, up, give us feedback. If we do something wrong on the field or off the field to really embrace um, them giving us feedback and trying to make us better. Um, so, yeah, it's gone to the days where it's, uh, yeah, hierarchical and... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just shut up and sit in the corner if you're a young bloke. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we, we definitely encourage that and encourage really good buy-in from everyone across the board. Yeah. Um, so the uh, first couple of years of Nixie's tenure uh, and with a, a fresh group, etc., the the game plan was reasonably simple looking from the outside. It was very much about contested ball and uh, winning, you know, cont- uh, 50-50 contests. Do you think that the group is starting to mature now that we can develop a bit more of an outside game this year and, and put a couple of different things in place? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, with a young group, we had a rough year in 2020. We probably went yeah back to basics and um, just winning contests and played pretty simple footy offensively. Um, but yeah, with a bit more experience, a bit more um, talent coming in, that would have definitely add, add a few more strings to our bow offensively and really get some exciting um, footy going for sure uh, so yeah and there's really good Nixie's yeah, great coach he's got great coaches around him um, added in last year with Scotty Burns and um, Jimmy Riley and Nathan Mabillo and they've been awesome so yeah, really confident confident in the coaching group and um, uh, yeah so it should be good it sounds like there's a lot of buy-in from the, from the group about what the coaches are putting together yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think and it's definitely, it's not just them telling us what to do either. So, yeah. Um, it's players contributing. It's the dynamic sort of uh, approach. And that, that's when, yeah, you get the buy in and you get the trust and um, ultimately um, get a game plan that is working and um, looking forward to putting into practice this week and for the rest of the year. And I guess a bit of um, personnel as well doesn't hurt. And you've got uh, Geordie Dawson coming this year and probably uh, uh, Junior coming back from a long, long break out of footy. Um, does that uh, just lift the boys again that we've got a bit of outside run and, um, you know, we've just added to that uh, talent pool, I guess, with Geordie and, and good to get Wayne back? Yeah, they're probably two of the best kicks um, in our team. So... And great outside running players, so they'll definitely provide a lot of spark offensively and really open up the game for us. Um, yeah. So they'll be yeah, they'll be huge additions. And then yeah, it'd be great to have Matty Crouch back as well. He's sort of a new player almost as well, so he'll be yeah. awesome to have inside and 
I'm a great decision maker and great ball user as well. So having Matty back, uh, just watching it last week, having Matty back really changes the composition of the midfield, doesn't it? Kind of frees up a couple of blokes to play a bit more in out rather than playing that inside role. And Leary going down, of course, um, uh, we lose one from the coalface for a couple of games. But um, of the young lads, uh, Harry Schoenberg's always been the one that's excited me. Who, who else do you see? Or you know, you can talk about Harry or. But who are those young blokes coming through? Him and Sam maybe coming through into that midfield group. Yeah, Shelly's super exciting. He's um, got great ability inside and outside, and he's got that that burst of speed. Um, and boys coming out of that midfield, which can really set him apart. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he'll be a very very good player for many years to come. Um, and then. He said Sam Barry. Sam Barry, yeah, he's, he's going to be a great player too. He's just so hard inside and um, puts his head, you know, in the hole and um, tackles non-stop. Um, so he's going to be a great inside player. And then, guys, one we probably haven't seen a lot of is Luke Pedler, who's going to be very exciting when he gets his body um, fully firing. He's, um, yeah. when he's When he's up and going, he's got that uh, incredible burst out of stoppage and um, he's... Very, very tough around the ball. And then uh, his ability to burst away from contests is probably is his X factor. He's got a lot of a lot of speed. So he's um, another one to watch um, in the years to come. But, yeah, so hopefully he gets a crack at it early in the year and can show us what he can do. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned uh, Luke getting his body right. We were, obviously, we've got Berjo in uh, this year for the next few years. Has the bloke seen a bit of a change in the fitness program? Um, yeah, Berger's been good. He's, um, I guess, well, we had a really good off season, and he had a good program set up for us. And I guess we got really, as a group, we got really, really fit, um, and we're able to just do basically just do footy drills and match play the whole preseason from yeah. basically December. So um, we're yeah, super match fit and, and, and done a lot of work, um, relevant work over the preseason in terms of um, improving our, our game style and. Um, practice of that so um, he's been yeah Birdo's been awesome yeah um, fantastic so far and yeah a lot of guys are in really good a really good shape um, injury wise and stuff everyone's feeling really fit and firing so yeah it's yeah. up well for a good year and, and your own spot mate uh, you've got uh, the journeyman Kieran Strawn uh, sitting uh, one back and off the rails and you've <clears throat> also got the young Buck in Riley Thilthorpe, who's been playing forward but can also uh, get thrown into the ruck, and even uh, Elliot and um, Billy can have a crack. Does that give the club some flexibility in terms of how we set up going forward, not only with the ruck spot, with your, but with your own ability to push forward at times and you know rotate around a bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, having those guys up forward, um, Riley and Elliot are more than capable of playing... Um, fair chunks in the ruck so yeah definitely something I've been working on trying to get forward and um, especially in the ruck sprint getting really hard forward taking my opponent out and kicking goals so um, I able to do that a lot more over this pre-season and um, certainly trying to do that coming into games and then um, yeah it, it does give a bit more flexibility I'd love to be able to get deep and, and take my um, that's where you I guess do the most damage so yeah. um, rather than taking marks in the back half so I'd love to be yeah. able to really push hard forward this year and keep a few goals and yeah having those guys there helps in that sense 
Don't, don't underestimate the value of you going back and, and clunking one in defence, mate, because you've saved uh, more than a few goals yeah. by uh, sticking yourself in the hole down back, so uh, that's, that's just valuable at times. Um, just just on the goal kicking, does it actually annoy you when seagulls like Brody Smith run around the back of you all the time looking for a cheapie when you've got the situation well in hand with regards to you know having a kick for goal or... It's cheap stats, surely, stat padding, right? Yeah, they do love it. Um, Brody Smith and Paul Seisman and guys like that. But I'm very happy if it's uh, 45 plus out to give it to those guys because they're pretty dead eye most of the time. So um, I'll I'll back I'll keep backing them in if they keep running. But um, and, I, and they do they do spray me if I don't give it. So. <laughs> um, Sometimes easier just to give it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Save the heartache during match match committee or team meeting afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. And look, just quickly on Riley um, Thilthorpe. Obviously, um, I don't know. You know, we're not privy to whether the the club sees him more as a forward or as a forward ruck going forward. But has uh, has he sort of come under your wing in terms of his ruck craft? Um, we've done a little bit together, yeah, in terms of ruck stuff. Um, and I'll certainly try and help him a lot and, and talk to him a lot about because obviously forward and ruck cross similar in terms of, you know, contested marking and um, some of the other skills in there and then some of his ruck stuff. But uh, he's been, yeah, he's been honing his forward craft mainly. Um, yeah. Long term, he's, he's uh, yeah, he'll be, a, he'll be a big key forward. So, um, and a little bit of time in the ruck. So he's been working really hard on that and, um, yeah, I'm super excited to see what he can do because he's got a lot of talent. Moves yeah. very, very well for a big, amazingly well for a big bloke. Great skills. Um, so yeah, if he puts it all together, he'd be very hard to stop. Yeah, definitely. And of this year's crop, of course, we've got uh, young Rochelle who's shown a bit, and uh, Jake Sligo, and uh, we haven't seen anything of Nan Curvis yet, or God, the other lad's name who I always forget is. Turner, I always forget his name. I don't know why he's a forgotten man. Um, but that's a, another exciting crop coming through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Joshua Rochelle is super exciting. I've seen what he can do the last couple of weeks in the um, in the practice games. Kick three goals each game, and yeah, he's been kicking goals all preseason. His uh, goal sense is uh, pretty freaky. He's um, you don't really you can't really teach it what he's got in terms of his ability just to, when he, when he gets the ball within 30, it's going through the goals generally, and he's um, got great, great sense around there, so he'll be uh, some great, add some great potency to our forward line, and then, um, yeah, the other guys you mentioned, J- uh, Jakey Soligo, he's played really good for you as well, I knew you were up in the mix round one, uh, as a hard-working, tough, skillful um, wingman, um, and then, um yeah, Zachy Taylor and Lukey Mankervis have been great as well, so they're, they're ones to watch for the future. Yeah, definitely. And just before we finish up, mate, and I really appreciate the time that you've given us this morning, uh, I'm sure a lot of Crows fans um, have a bit of concern about Seed. Um, I don't want you to give anything away, obviously, but how's he tracking? How's he travelling? Is he going all right? Yeah, he's tracking okay. Yeah, he's going upwards. Um, trend so he's definitely getting better and better but it's a, yeah, a bit of a slow slow process and they're pretty conservative with anything related to the head um, so obviously his um, long term sort of health 
yeah. the priority. So they're, they're certainly not rushing him, and he's, um, he's progressing well though. So hopefully um, he's back to um, full health soon, and then um, you know, footy's obviously uh, I guess the second priority to that. But hopefully back into footy throughout the, throughout the year, and hopefully earlier rather than later. Yeah, yeah, we're all thinking about him, so uh, let's hope he uh, is able to recover from that fully. Mate, it's been fantastic talking to you on a uh, public holiday Monday morning. Uh, Really appreciate the time that you've given us. Um, We're all pretty excited um, as Crows fans about what's been uh, on display over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months as we regroup and and build a new list and a new culture. Um, It's fantastic to see and it looks very positive and you're an integral part of that, mate. So uh, congratulations and all the very best for the season ahead. Thank you very much, Rob. Really appreciate having me on. Good on you. Thanks, Riley. So there you go. That was uh, big Riley O'Brien. Apologies for the false start there, but uh, very generous with his time. Uh, 20-odd minutes, um, Peter. Um, Another really good interview from the Crows. And as always, we thank uh, the Crows staff um, for allowing us access like they do. Yeah, look, we've been very, very fortunate. And um, that's sort of uh, a lot of credit uh, to you and the cast. And the uh, the credibility that we've now got with um, with the football club is great, and so we do get those um, interviews now, and we get invited to those you know chats with the CEO and all that really good stuff, and so it's really good to see the club engaging with uh, with all of the podcasters. There's a few of a few of us out there, and um, so it's good that they're doing that. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know we hope to uh, have these interviews fortnightly during the season, which would be great. Um, now, just before we move on, Peter. I'm going to ask the uh, the people in chat to tell me, is there something going on with this ticket giveaway thing? Because no one actually wants the tickets, as far as I can see. Is that because the little thing that I set up isn't working, or is that because genuinely no one wants these tickets? <laughs> I saw someone write a message. Someone put a message on that they wanted it. I can't remember who it was now. All right, so what I'll get you to do basically in case that thing's not working as well as putting a uh, as well as putting a little emoji on the card put you just write a comment in the ticket giveaway channel um, just to make sure that uh, you're aware so for those people that came late we're giving away two general admission passes to the free medal match on Sunday um, if you can go and you would like those tickets go to the ticket giveaway channel on um, discord um, put an emoji next to the card and also stick your name there so that I know you've actually voted. And um, I'll, it was going to finish at 9.10. I'll let it run a little bit longer. So for those that have come in late, hop into Discord, get into the ticket giveaway thing, stick your emoji in, put your put a comment in there so that I know and uh, I'll give it away before the end of the cast. Right, now, Peter, a couple of things that came out of Riley's interview that I thought were really interesting just before we move on. One was his um, his take on the difference between uh, Pike and Nick's in terms of selection, and also obviously his commentary around culture was very well, much about what wasn't said rather than what was said. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, look, I think that um, it's it's a it's a fairly consistent message that's coming out of the players and um, um, that, you know, what's being built down there and what's sort of driving them down there. And, you know, you only have to look at 
um, where you've got um, um, Joshua Shelley signing on, Saligo signing on for for two extra years on top of their initial two. I mean, that's a, that was a pretty big get. Um, I don't reckon um, my read on Joshua Shelley is I don't think he's the shy retiring type that would have any trouble thinking that he could have just um, waited and, um, you know, I don't think he was, unless he unless he, he was impressed with the setup. I don't think he's the kind of kid that would have been, you know, um, thinking that um, he would have had any security problems in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Fairly, I think he, he's, he's brought into it. And um, I think he likes what he sees down there. And I think it's for, you know, for a high quality kid like that, I think it's a really good sign. And, and Saligo the same. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think in general, and um, I think that's the most I've heard Riley O'Brien speak ever. Um, and he seemed to be getting interview fatigue by the end of it. <laughs> but um, the th- what, what I got out of it the most is just how much of a difference things are down at the club now. And uh, yeah. that's, you know, it keeps getting, getting reinforced with everyone we speak to. Um, so we can only take our hats off to the hierarchy down there for changing things and turning things around in such a quick space of time. Um, it's a very good achievement. All right, Peter. Um, now, don't forget, for those that are in chat, um, stick, your, stick your comment in ticket giveaway if you want those tickets on the weekend. Um, we've also got a channel set up for um, footy tipping and fantasy league, so have a look at the fantasy and tipping channel there for those details let's move on peter to round one Fremantle sunday afternoon um a reasonably stern test first up although frio um probably like us a bit of an unknown quantity just quickly looking at the injuries um obviously we got seed which is a, an obvious one lady out for three to five um Shane McAdams been ruled out with sore adductors. Um, he didn't play against Port, obviously, and he hasn't come up. The one that concerns me the most is Mitch Hinge got a knock on the shoulder um, and is a test. Didn't train um, last week, but did train on Monday. So this is this is my big worry with Mitch. He is lo- as much as I love him coming off that half back line. I just hope that 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 shoulder's all right. And uh, you can imagine that it might get tested out a little bit this week. Well, you wouldn't be surprised, and certainly the way that he throws himself in, you'd have to think that there was every chance that that hasn't been. He had a reconstruction, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, after round one, well, I don't think it was yeah, straight so after round one, but he only played the one game, I think. So you just got to hope that's going to hold. I think one of the big, I think in terms of injury news, just for the opposition, I think Tabern is a massive out for them. Definitely, yeah, Tabern, and also with Lob being doubtful, I think he had some abdominal or uh, rib or something like that. So he's a bit doubtful as well. So that could really set the cat amongst the pigeons up forward for them. Um, he had a pretty good. Had, I think he had an underrated season last year, Tabern. I think he just snuck up on the competition a bit. Oh, definitely. And, um, He's a very good footballer, and he hurt us uh, in yep. the corresponding round last year. Uh, last yep. year, last year, um, and I'm not sure. I, th- I think that we'll match up a lot better without a big, um, you know, bruising key forward like that. Yeah, a joy button to deal with. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think defence is our biggest worry. Um, uh, just to finish off our injuries, we've got Lockie Murphy um, on the road back after a neck injury. He's uh, hopeful of putting his hand up. 
And the good news, of course, although I reckon it might be one more week, uh, Geordie Dawson, by all reports, is ready to go. Um, Pete, I wouldn't mind betting they leave him out for another week. Well, I think it would be sensible, wouldn't it? I mean, if there's any we... doubt whatsoever. Yeah, don't risk him for round one. Well, because calves can be buggers. He's had, what, yep. uh, I reckon it's three weeks. Three weeks is kind of the minimum with calves. Um, so what are they saying here? Um, Going to put his calf to the test main training on Wednesday. Um, Burjo reckons we've taken a cautious approach with a view to getting him right for round one. He's progressed as well as we expected, but he will need to get through Wednesday's session. So I reckon he will need to get through Sunday morning session, to be perfectly honest with you. I reckon they will leave it that late. They'll obviously name him in the squad. Uh, whether he lines up, I think, is still a 50-50 for Geordie. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. I'd say 50-50 at best because I think that they, um, you know, he's just um, too, too important a player to be taking any kind of risk with. So, Yeah, that's right. Um uh, reports from uh, out west saying that Nathan Fife, um, or Nate Fife, I should say, is very keen to get back into a midfield role. So I expect him to come up against uh, our midfield this week. Um, it'll be a stern test, Pete. I obviously with Laird out, you'd expect Matt Crouch to play first up. Um, yep. I don't really see any other surprises in terms of selection. Generally, in the past, the way we've gone with selection is that whoever lines up in the last preseason game is more or less guaranteed, well, first picked, um, barring injury in round one. Yeah, I'd be um, 100% agree. There is very, very few surprises on the horizon for our selection, I believe. I, mean, I think that what, what you pretty much what you saw against Port is, is, is close to what you're going to get subject to Dawson's fitness and yep. obviously laid out, uh, but that's going to be... So, you know, you're going you're gonna to be seeing Sloan, Matt Crouch, Schomburg, you know, Key's probably... You now, Key's played half forward. He'll probably step up into the midfield, I think, to replace Leedy's rotation. Yeah. That would be my guess. Um, and then, you know, whether Saligo then rotates through that sort of half-forward wing kind of spot as well, possibly, but um, you're not going to get any surprises no I don't think so um, uh, 1990 says Gallant misses out possibly not sure um, he'd probably be the first one out maybe uh, Jake Sligo would probably be the one to come out before Lockie Gallant I think out of last week's team and, and Gallant he, he escaped my attention actually because he's another one that would could well slot into that role that Keyes had against yeah. Port Adelaide because yeah, Keyes is going to have to take up Laird's midfield rotation so that might open up a spot for Gallant as opposed yeah. to Saligo. Yeah. So, I mean, I think um, it's going to be a stern test, obviously. A round one is always a bit dicey. Um, early season form, um, different programs, um, injuries from the pre-season, etc., etc. But it's a home game and uh, we'd expect a good showing in terms of the crowd. Um what do you rate us, mate? Oh, look, round one's always just such a fluky kind of proposition, isn't it? This time last year, we were all yeah. worried about you know we we're, were talking Geelong by you know by how, how many, and, yeah. um, and we lost 
we lost our trial against Port last year by a lot more than what we did this year. Um, and so we're, I mean, we're all just, you know, thinking the worst. And of course, then we come out, and we beat Geelong. So you just really, it's really, really hard to pick round one. It's the one time of the year you don't want to be backing, backing it on sports bid. Um, because you just don't know what teams are going to win and how far along they are in their training and all of those kinds of things. It's really, really difficult. So you've just got to hope that, you, I mean, you call it a 50, you know, Adelaide and Freo is a 50-50 game, particularly in Adelaide. Um, if it was over there, then you'd, you'd probably look differently, but certainly in Adelaide it's a 50-50 game. Yeah, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards us being a home game first up. Um, I liked what I saw against um, Port Adelaide, particularly in the first half when you think we had uh, pretty much our full-strength team on the park. Um, I thought that our structure didn't look too bad um, and we moved the ball with a little bit of system. Um, so I, I didn't mind it. We're obviously quite fit, I think, which is a good thing because Fremantle will run us. Um, but if a couple of blokes up forward can get their marking hands on, um, Elliot Himmelberg, Darcy Fogarty, um, you know, Riley Tilthorpe um, can clunk a couple of marks and if the ground ball is eaten up by the lights of Josh Russell, um sorry, Jake Rochelle, um Josh Rochelle, sorry, um, then I think we're a sneaky. I, I would rate us a 55-45 chance at home this week. Yeah, well, I mean, they've lost... Yeah, they would have lost Tabner. They've lost um, Sarah out of... Uh, he was an important player for them. And, um, uh, yeah, so they've been, there'll be a few outs for Freo as well and possibly Lob, as you say. So they won't be, you know, they'll have some, some cover as well. So we'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. They're, um, they're now really building on the back of Caleb Sarong. Um, so uh, he, uh, he'll be an interesting watch. So, but I think, that, you know, if you look at our midfields, you know, if we start off with Sloan, Matt Crouch and, and Keys and Schomburg, there's a bit of, you know, a bit of experience there and a little bit to like in terms of just winning some, winning some contested balls. So. Well, it's an interesting point you make about the midfield makeup because, of course, we've got uh, Sam Berry and Harry Schomburg and uh, potentially Geordie Dawson um, in there. It'll be interesting to see with Laird going out whether they go back to the old guard or whether they let Harry and Sam take a little bit more ownership in that midfield this season. Um, stern test, you know, up against the likes of Fife, etc. Um, personally, I would like to see them given first crack at it. I'd like to see Sloan run through as a rotation, a second rotation. Um, but history tells you that's not going to happen. You try and talk Rory is not playing midfield. And that's, that's that, you right. know, when we talk about we talk about cultural change, we're not probably not just not quite there yet. I think each and every year, fam, we sit here and say, is this going to be the year that he goes off to a wing or goes off to a permanent forward or something to try and make some room? But, you know, yeah. it's quite clear in that trial game against Port that even in a trial game, there he was um, taking up, you know, a significant portion of the centre bounces. I was disappointed with that. If ever, you, if ever there's an opportunity just to um, make a little transition... Um, even under the guise of, oh, look, Rory, it's only a practice game, we want to give Harry and Sam a bit of a run, you know, that was the time to do it. And to see him spend as much time in the midfield as, as we did, particularly attending centre bounces, I, I find that, I found that really disappointing and somewhat confusing 
given the focus on youth at Adelaide. So whether they don't think that Sam and Harry are quite ready yet, I'm not quite sure, but I don't think you get young lads ready until you give them um, give them some responsibility. And uh, having spoken to Harry uh, last year and knowing what Sam Berry's like, I think those boys are ready for some responsibility. And uh, I think they'd, they'd lap it up if they were given it. So very interesting to see how that progresses through the course of the game, whether it's just the same old Matt Crouch, Rory Sloan and a bit of Ben Keys and and uh, a couple of others rotating there. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not hopeful. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> Hope springs eternal, mate. We've got to be optimistic. It's around one, two thousand and twenty-two. Um, so let's wait and see. Look, um, what's your final tip, mate? Look, I'll I'll, I'll tip us at home. Um, even though I've got a funny feeling we don't. Just something is bugging me in the back of my mind that we don't have a particularly great record against free over Adelaide Oval. Um, so, but I'm going to I'm going to tip us for a, uh, to have a round one stellar um, game like we have. But I think that yeah, I don't know. It's it, it it's not with much confidence, mainly because I think we've got some really important players either suspended or injured. And you know, when you're rebuilding, as you know, it's really really important you have all of your best and experienced players on the park to try and what's the uh, the trendy school world now a school word is to scaffold and that's what they talk about now with to the scaffold um, what the hell does that mean you know, it means you know to support them so right. you want to have those your best players sort of scaffolding um the uh, the younger the younger Goodness players me. and so we don't really you know i mean you know you're talking about you know walker and laird and you know those kind of guys and dawson if he doesn't play then mm. you know they're they're pretty important seeds you know, they're pretty, you know really really important players that would push me to that sixty forty, but so I'll I'll say fifty one forty nine for the Crows. Yeah, uh, look, that's fair enough. We haven't actually beaten Fremantle since uh, two thousand and nineteen, Pete. Round seven. Yeah, I, didn't, and, I, had, I had a bad feeling that we didn't, we don't like them at Adelaide Oval. We've only played them twice since then, and uh, the score lines oh, well, last year's wasn't too bad. But in twenty twenty, we lost eight six to four ten fifty four to thirty four. And in uh, 19, we won 7-9-5-4, to 51-34. So high scoring affairs. <laughs> uh, last year, 12-12. I remember that, 12, I remember that game against... I mean, was that that game when Fife and Dangerfield went, went at it? That must have yeah. been... Yeah. That must have been well, 2015. 2015, yeah. Yeah. So I just don't... Yeah, I feel like we're not great against free over Adelaide Oval. No, I, well, I think both teams have changed a little bit over the last couple of years. Um, so and we certainly, I mean, we're the youngest team in the comp. So, um, you know, that, that says a little bit. But I'm hopeful. Uh, I think uh, the Crows at home by three goals. That's me. Ooh. Yep, good. All right. Now, just a reminder to everyone, um, we've only got two people in the ticket giveaway so far we've got Vardy Magic and we've got Lonely Ashoka in the uh, in the ticket giveaway so you've got five minutes if you're in Discord and you want the tickets and you can get to the game on the weekend um, please put your name in uh, two general admission passes um, otherwise I'm going to have to play rock paper scissors with you Pete <laughs> uh, to see whether Vardy or uh, Lonely gets it <laughs> all right um also don't forget uh obviously we've had some great support on patreon 
uh, over the last 12 months. If you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast um, and uh, show your support there. Um, and thanks to everyone who supported us over the years on Patreon and you would have seen a lot more activity over the last month or so and uh, that'll continue. Um, I did ask Jen whether she wanted to come on tonight but she said she'd probably be asleep. Um, and given how this podcast has gone tonight, that might not have been a bad thing. <laughs> uh, but she'll be on to introduce herself at some stage over the next week or so when she's uh, a bit better. And she'll be taking over the uh, community management duties forthwith. All right. Look, I'm going to close this ticket giveaway because we've only got the two interested parties. Now, Peter, I'm going. you can't see me, can you? So I'm going to do okay. rock, paper, scissors into the into the camera. And then after I've done it, I'm going to ask you what you are, whether you're rock, paper, or scissors, okay? Yeah, ready? Rock, paper, scissors. What did you choose? Rock. Yeah, so you win. So you get to choose between uh, Vardy and uh, Lonely Joker for the prize. Oh, Vardy's oh. pulling out. Something I should have done a couple of times. <laughs> okay, we'll give them to... So, uh, Vardy was just trying to help out, doesn't need the tickets. So, yes, we'll give it to the other. Lonely as Shoker. Um, yep. If you uh, are... Now, Lonely, you're actually in the audience here. Uh, would you care to come on the stage and just have a chat and accept your uh, your prize? Um, if so, put your hand up. Otherwise, I'll understand that you uh, haven't got the means to do so, but it would be good to hear from you if you can. Um, look, um, <laughs> yeah, that one slipped down. Um, Pete, I think that's probably all we've got apart from that. So I, if you like, I can let you go. Um, but uh, I'll, also, I'll also throw the, uh, the stage over to uh, anyone who wants to have a chat before we finish up as well. But if you'd like to go, Peter... Then, I uh, think I might, and um, uh, congratulations on another terrific interview. And it was it was um, it was nice to uh, for TNL to uh, to support that interview tonight and, and let the listeners uh, have a listen to Riley. I think that was fantastic, and we'll have a, quite a bit more to chat about next Tuesday when we've got um, we've got a game in the can and we can uh, just see where we're at. Very good. All right, mate. We'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, that's yes, not very nice either. We'll see you next week. Cheers, <laughs> mate. All right, so we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, Lonely, I will uh, DM you after the uh, cast on Discord, um, so look out for a message from me, and we'll get those tickets sorted. Uh, in the meantime, we've got a couple of minutes left, so if anyone wants to hop on and have something to say before we finish up. Um, I'm actually quite bullish about the weekend and about the season in general. Um, injuries will take its toll really quick if we do... Get a couple, I think, because I think our depth's still not quite there. Um, but if we can keep a few of these young lads on the park and actually um, get a few games into them, it'd be nice to see Lukey Peddler come in at some stage if he's not picked this week. Uh, interesting that he wasn't on the injury uh, list, so that means that uh, despite his hamstring, he is available. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see if he gets a run. No one wants to have a chat tonight. No one wants to keep me company in lockdown, um, so I'm going to call it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. Thanks, everyone, on YouTube for joining us as well. And um, we are we will be back for um, the Sunday Wrap Show this Sunday uh, to wrap up the uh, 
the round and wrap up the Crows match versus Fremantle. New time this year for the wrap. Instead of 7.30, it's going to be 8.30 on a Sunday night this year. So we will see you on the wrap with, hopefully, Macca and Nikki uh, on Sunday night at 8.30. Uh, until then, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you later on.